0: Welcome to the Son of a Preacher podcast. Please sit back and listen to the thoughts and musings from sermons that were first brought to the pulpit four, five, even six decades ago. I am GW, and I am the son of a preacher. I am so happy to be talking to you all again today. Dad first brought this message to the pulpit on May 26, 1974, and I have to think that this was just another Sunday in Iowa. Personally, I was in Bamberg, Germany, and I was trying to figure out how to work in a new office and a new job. Topic was youth should be honored. And so the scripture was from the first book of Timothy, the fourth chapter and the 12th verse, and that says, Let no one despise your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Youth should be honored. So just how should you honor your youth? And does it really mean to honor the young ones, or does he really mean that when a person looks back at what they have accomplished in their life, they realize that most of what they have accomplished when they were relatively young, and when they were young, and they were smart, and they were quick, and they were fast, and they were strong, and all those things that you have when you're, a, when you're young, when you're a youth. You know, Timothy was written a letter by Paul, and it was a letter from an older an older minister, Paul, to a younger, younger minister, Timothy. And Timothy had just been given the assignment of Ephesus, and Paul felt that that youthful minister would be able to do what was required of him. But he needed some advice from an older pastor who'd been over that road once or twice—meaning himself. He wanted to pass on what elderly wisdom that he could. And you know, yeah, like it or not, the the youth does great things, but they're often not completely sure. That they're gonna be able to do everything that they want to do until they get some advice from an older person who's been over that road once or twice. I mean, personally, I'm a 70 plus year old guy, and I have to hand it to you. I mean, I I really mean that when you look at the athletic prowess that a person's have today, and you look at the companies that have been developed over the last twenty or 30, 40 years, and how many of those have been developed by young people. I mean Much younger than 70 plus guy like myself. I mean, it's really impressive and it's really good to be young. By the same token, even as this 70 plus year old guy, I'm not completely willing to admit that youth always wins out over age and experience. Because sometimes, well, we've learned a few tricks, and those tricks can keep us in the game a little bit longer than some of those youngsters might realize. Now, I'm pretty sure that Alexander the Great. No, he ascended the throne at age 20. He conquered the known world at age 33. Well, he wouldn't agree that the old guy might be able to help him out. But, you know, I'm betting that he has generals around him who were probably 20, 30 years older than he was at the time. And they were advising him as he did that. Now, he has that charismatic leadership to be able to go out and win all those battles and to basically conquer the known world. Pretty impressive for a guy that young. And now Julius Caesar, well, he was pretty young age when he'd captured eight hundred cities, conquered three hundred countries, defeated, you know, over three million men. And through it he became one of the great statesmen of the world. And in our own country, George Washington, he was appointed adjutant general at nineteen. And at twenty one he was an ambassador that went to work with the French. And he ended up winning his first battle as a colonel at the age of 22. And General Lafayette, well, he was made general of the whole French army at the age of 20. And think about Galileo. He was only 18 when he recognized the principle of the pendulum and the swing lamp in the cathedral in Pisa. And Martin Luther, well, Martin Luther was only 29 when he nailed his famous thesis to the door. Of the cathedral and defied the pope. And you know Shakespeare. Well, Shakespeare—he was kind of an old guy. I mean, he—he wrote most of his masterpieces by the time he was thirty-six years old. You know, youth has always been the one that seems to have the strength and the quickness of mind to change history. And youth has always made wonderful contributions to the spiritual life of all this. You know, great expressions of the of the faith of youth will be found in a hymnal. And you take a look at many of the songs, and, and my dad at this time was looking at the Methodist hymnal, and Charles Wesley, and, and his brother John Wesley. They're obviously well respected in, in the Methodist church, in any church, because they did what they did. But he also, he wrote a lot of the songs that we still sing today when we go to church, at least in the more traditional services. And he was, if he was a young man when he did that, And then Dad goes on, he lists about 10 other people who were young people writing in the hymns and the the songs that we sing today. But Paul, well, he was writing to Timothy, and he said, let no one despise your youth because there's so much that youth and you will accomplish, both for the good of mankind and for its harm. You know, youth has always been that way. They can run, they can leap, they can think, they are at their prime sometimes they don't have all the knowledge. They don't have all the life's experience to they need to make all the right decisions. And sometimes they get a little sideways with what's really logical and the right way to go. And that's why occasionally an older person needs to come in and, and provide valuable counsel to them. And you know, it's considered a privilege. I mean, I consider it a privilege whenever anybody comes up and asks my opinion on anything. And I got to admit that usually they don't take any notice of what I say, but why should they? You know. So, But I consider it a privilege and an honor. I don't think people realize when they're young that, that as you get older, you look back and you look at how you acted in your youth, and that hopefully you're going to be proud of the way things turn out. Now, I don't know about other people, but I do know that there's probably an item or two in my background that I really wouldn't want to see the light of day too often. But it's a privilege to have been young, and and it's a privilege to be able to help a young person advance in the way as they go through their life, and hopefully to gain faith in the Lord as they're doing that. You know, there are times when, you know, great compassion is shown. Gandhi, for instance, was nearly slain by a fanatical Muslim in 1908. And he, he turned to that person. He said, you know, this man didn't know what he was doing. And I will love him, and I will win his love. And a year later, Gandhi received a letter offering his th- this person's apology and his admiration to Gandhi. And you know, the faith in God is revealed through Jesus Christ. John Wesley was envious of the faith of the Moravians, And he wrote that he wanted to learn of that faith. And he was told, live by faith till you have faith. Well, that's the kind of person that a person gets sometimes. I mean, what does that mean? Truly, live by faith till you have faith. So Wesley went out, and he did his best to live by faith. And he did eventually see that he had faith. And it did much to convince the people to have faith in God so that having faith in Christ means to cast yourself upon Jesus for for forgiveness, for redemption, for peace, and and for everlasting life. Yet, Teddy Roosevelt, interestingly, once said that to educate a man in mind and not in morals is to educate a menace to society. It is so important for us to teach the youth As the youth, you learn from their elders that we teach them the right way, and we teach them the way of the Lord, and so that we don't raise a menace to society. We raise a person of godly faith. So let your youth be a blessing. And if you're a young person listening to this, remember, it is a blessing to be young. And if you're an older person like myself, remember that what you did in your youth was a blessing. And it's only right that you help the youth of today to understand how to be better and to understand how to be a person of faith. So don't let that opportunity pass you by. Let the honor that you use for your youth, and let that honor the youth for their adventures at the things that are to come. I tell you, as we look in the politics of today, honoring our youth seems to be a little more difficult than it might have been at some times, particularly when we look at our Congress. Oh, wait a minute. Our Congress is not young. It is very, very old. Maybe we need to think about that, and maybe we need to have a younger Congress. Maybe at that time, we might be able to get some ideas going in there that that work toward the center of everything rather than trying to tear everything apart. But we still need to. As I've said several times in several weeks, we still need to pray for our leaders and pray that they're able to guide the country in a stable and a sane manner. May the Lord bless you. Keep you in peace. I do want to ask everyone listening to this today to help spread the word about this podcast. Help me continue to keep my father's work for the Lord alive. Please tell your friends and your church groups about this podcast. Share it on social media. Let people know that these inspirations are available. There's a new book available on Amazon titled Throwing Ink. It was a compilation of inspiration based on Dad's work. It was written by me, G.W. Stark.